You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Imogen. And we are from the Course Report team. Each month, we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and talked about with each other in the office. And June is now coming to a close. And so we're excited to talk about what went on this month. So we're going to start with news about fundraises and acquisitions from June. And then Imogen, what else are we going to talk about from June? We're going to talk about some great initiatives to encourage more women and underrepresented groups to get into tech. We will look at the status of the tech skills shortage and what's happening to fill gaps in areas like data science and cybersecurity. And then a number of publications shared some useful tips and advice for people trying to break into tech. Plus, we'll look at how to choose between university or coding bootcamp. And we are still hearing a lot about ISAs or income share agreements. And so we'll give you all the latest news on those. And of course, we'll give you the scoop about new campuses and new schools on course report and even a round of layoffs that happened this month. And we'll share our favorite pieces from the course report blog in June. So first up, we are going to look at a fundraise and an acquisition, plus a couple of boot camps that have been accepted into startup accelerators. Imogen, which boot camp raised money in June? So Bitwise, the parent company of coding boot camp Geekwise in Fresno, California, has just raised $27 million of Series A funding. An article in The Atlantic reports that the funding is led by Kapoor Capital, based in Oakland, and the New Voices Fund, based in New York. The funding apparently represents, quote, one of the largest Series A ever raised by a Latinx female-led company, end quote, which is pretty awesome, and the company plans to use the funds to expand to other cities. That is great. Congratulations to GeekWise. And coding bootcamp loan provider Skills Fund has been acquired by Goal Structured Solutions, a San Diego-based third-party student loan services provider. That news was covered by EdSurge and Silicon Hills News, but the acquisition sales price was not disclosed. Skills Fund was founded in 2015 in Austin, Texas, and previously raised $11.5 million in seed stage funding. Um, and Goals Structured Solutions currently manages a portfolio of over $26 billion. Wow. Then next up, two boot camps have been accepted into startup accelerators. Toronto, Canada-based coding boot camp HackerU has been accepted to Y Combinator a few months after launching an income share agreement. Betakit.com reports that HackerU founder Heather Payne is traveling to Silicon Valley to participate in the accelerator starting June 4th. She told Betakit she applied to join YC because she wanted HackerU to be part of, quote, a major transformation and disruption in higher education. Payne says that HackerU has seen five times as many applicants as usual in the two weeks since they implemented the ISA model, and she expects that number to grow. And then South African Coding Bootcamp, ATA Coding Bootcamp, has been selected to take part in a business accelerator program in Cape Town, South Africa, called Accra Accelerate. 
ATA offers in-person and online boot camps, and VentureBurn reports that ATA is one of eight startups selected for the program. And finally, Telco Orange in Sierra Leone has committed 2.75 billion leones, which in U.S. dollars is about $303,000, towards the creation of the region's first free coding school. So we'll keep an eye out for that. And then something we are very passionate about at Course Report is opening up tech to women and other underrepresented groups. Every month, we are excited to hear about women who are forging ahead in tech and about fantastic initiatives to help more get there. Liz, tell us about some women who have found success in tech in Chicago. Sure. Built in Chicago highlights six women engineers and how they forged their careers, including one woman, Jen Trudell, who went to a coding boot camp. Jen was a lawyer, but now works as an engineer for City Sitter and says that after graduating, quote, I continued to devote a significant amount of time to self-study, including reading books and taking online courses. And that is great advice for any boot camp graduate. Yeah, awesome. And then I have two stories from the UK. Business Cloud reports that UK-based coding bootcamp North Coders is partnering with global technology consultancy ThoughtWorks to offer scholarships to underrepresented women and gender minorities. Successful applicants will be enrolled in North Coders' 12-week coding bootcamp in Leeds or Manchester in the UK. Then the BBC in London is offering a free 14-week coding course to women to prepare them for a software engineering career. The program is called Step Into Tech and is delivered on site at the BBC offices in central London in partnership with an external training provider. All successful graduates will have the opportunity to apply for an associate software engineer role with BBC's design and engineering arm. And then sticking to the UK, uh, Tech World profiles Code Your Future, which is a coding bootcamp for refugees in the UK, which teaches classes in London, Glasgow, and Manchester. It's free and part-time and sounds like a really cool opportunity. And then MarketWatch looks at five coding schools and bootcamps that have initiatives to help women and underrepresented groups get into tech. These include Black Girls Code, which offers workshops and summer camps for teenagers, Vets Who Code in Nashville, Tennessee, which focuses on helping military veterans break into tech, and WinCode, which accepts the GI Bill and offers scholarships for women. And finally, we've talked before about Priyanka Chopra investing in Holberton School. Um, And in Money Control this month, Priyanka talks about why she invested in Holberton and why it's important for more women to get into tech. So let's hear what she has to say. I had told my manager, uh, Anjula, who's also a VC, about the fact that I was interested in engineering. I wanted to be in, um, I was interested in engineering as a kid. And if there was something around tech and females in tech, and Holberton School is all about women in engineering. So, so far, I think I've been leaning towards sort of female-led, female-centric investments. Cool. Go Priyanka. It's so cool that she's bringing the light to Holberton. Well, coding boot camps came into existence because there was a skills shortage in the field of software engineering, obviously, but it's been almost seven years and the skills gap does still exist. And now it kind of refers to an even wider range of tech skills. So this month we read several articles about that skills gap. Imogen, what's happening with this digital skills crisis in 2019? 
So an article in IT Pro looks at the digital skills crisis and the various things being done or that should be being done to upskill people. The article focuses on predictions by the EdTechX Europe event, which notes that there is a massive funding gap for tech education in Europe and estimates the skills mismatch is going to cost the global economy $13 trillion. EdTechX co-founder Charles McIntyre worries that so far we've only implemented quick fixes rather than looking for long-term systemic change. He suggests using deep learning and artificial neural networks to create better learning processes. The article also quotes Joe Burgess of Flatiron School, who agrees that there has been a vast change in skills required to thrive in today's economy, specifically mentioning data science skills. I kind of take away from this article that by quick fixes, they're kind of referring to things like online learning and coding boot camps, but it kind of seems like the EdTech X people think an ideal solution isn't actually available yet. And in a similar vein, CIO Dive contributor Naomi Eid looks at the short shelf life of skills and how companies are working to find ways to upskill their employees. He gives the example of WeWork's acquisition of Flatiron School, obviously a, um, a skills to employee pipeline, and how employees are upskilling through that. And then also mentions Microsoft's partnership with General Assembly to upskill 15,000 workers in artificial intelligence. Very cool partnership. Yeah. And then a Forbes contributor suggests employers short on talent should try recruiting from a digital boot camp. Mark Fisher says, quote, at my own mobile technology studio, Dogtown Media, these boot camps have proven to be a great source of fresh, eager talent with practical experience, not just formalized tertiary education, end quote. He mentions General Assembly, how boot camps often teach skills over and above the basic technical skills the diverse backgrounds boot camp students have, and cites course report stats about how boot camp grads can increase their salaries up to 49% compared with their previous roles. Fisher also gives advice to other employers for building a relationship with a boot camp, such as forming relationships with staff, attending demo days, and moving quickly to hire the top talent. That's great advice for both students and employers. Love it. And then one area where there definitely is still a skills gap is data science. There are lots of data science boot camps around now. And this month we read two profiles of successful data science boot camp students. Liz, tell us about Natie Johnson. Sure. Altogether, profiles Natie Johnson, who was selected for a data science fellowship at Flatiron School's DC campus. Natie has a background in mechanical engineering and had been working as a research associate at the Institute for Defense Analysis. She found her job was increasingly requiring her to manage large amounts of data, so she wanted to learn more about data science and went to Flatiron School to do it. And one interesting note, the article points out that Flatiron School has a 6% acceptance rate, which we don't see a ton of acceptance rates published around boot camps. Yeah, that's interesting. And then a General Assembly grad who recently finished the 12-week data science boot camp writes a blog post for Towards Data Science about how to make the most of your data science boot camp. Chua Chin Hon suggests people should prepare as much as possible for boot camp in advance curb your over-enthusiasm and try to stick to the curriculum rather than trying to learn too many extra topics, carefully manage your time, and make sure you are ready to apply for jobs when you graduate. 
And then in addition to software engineering and data science, cybersecurity is another area that's been kind of recently identified as an in-demand skill, especially with all the hacking scandals we've encountered over the past few years. Imogen, what does Security Boulevard say about the cybersecurity skills gap? Yeah, so Security Boulevard looks at how there is a skills gap for cybersecurity and attributes part of the problem to the lack of women in cybersecurity roles. Reporter Craig Hinckley looks at tips for launching a cybersecurity career, including how to learn about cybersecurity, mentioning coding boot camps, and looks at what certifications might be useful and how to stand out in your job. And here's a nice update on a program we talked about a lot last year. The Harvard Business Review profiles Cyber NYC, which is a partnership between the New York City Economic Development Corporation and education partners like Cooney and Full Stack Academy, which is a boot camp here in New York. Cyber NYC is part of the agenda that Mayor Bill de Blasio launched in late 2017 to promote the city's cybersecurity industry. Their goal is to create 10,000 jobs. And as the article notes, it's projected that up to 3.5 million cybersecurity jobs will be unfilled by 2021. So talk about a skills gap. Uh, Cyber NYC is developing new talent pipelines between academia and industry. And then an article in State Scoop looks at what the cyber boot camp actually covers. The curriculum is designed to train participants for jobs as either analysts in security operation centers or as penetration testers. So some really good details about that program. So you've decided you want to go to coding boot camp. But where do you start? How do you prepare? What should you study? And which program should you take? This month, we read a number of great advice articles. Liz, tell us about some of the advice you read from three business executives who went to Coding Bootcamp. Sure. Okay. Claire Harbour from the Inseed blog talks to three executives who went to coding boot camps to get their stories and tips. She talked to Kelso, the former treasury specialist turned software engineer, George, who became a front-end developer, and Michael, who was in marketing and then transitioned into coding. And their advice that they give is to be clear about your motivation, prepare yourself, obviously, get ready to be challenged, set realistic job expectations for yourself, play to your differences, and have fun and keep learning. And then technically, Philly talks to successful technologists who look at skills they learned on the job that may not be covered in bootcamp or in a CS degree. The experts include a DevOps engineer, a UX designer, a web developer, and a CTO. And the skills they suggest include networking and finding mentorship, having empathy for clients, learning how to use tact when interacting with coworkers and clients, listening to co-workers, relationship problem solving in the workplace, and storytelling in presentations. Samir Kotian from TechShout writes about how to choose between a front-end and back-end boot camp. According to Samir, good front-end developers have their fingers on the pulse of what users truly want and are empathetic with their end user. But if you're able to manage abstract concepts and you enjoy logic challenges and understand the interconnectivity of digital pieces, then you may gravitate towards the back-end development. I thought that was a nice distinction. Yeah. And then Forbes contributor Tom van der Ark gives advice to students thinking about their next steps after high school, with suggestions on how to choose whether to go to college, what other options there are, like boot camps, and how people can maximize their employability and minimize their debt. 
And in IDG Connect, the CEO of Intuit, Atticus Tyson, talks about tips for breaking into tech. This is formatted as a Q&A. And the most interesting question in the Q&A for us was, which would you recommend, a coding bootcamp or a computer science degree? And Atticus answers uh, that question by saying, I think we both have an important role to play in training the technologists of the future. A computer science degree can create a rich foundation and understanding of why certain technologies languages and approaches work or don't work, as well as an appreciation for what has come before. And a coding bootcamp is going to get people going faster and learning through experimentation, but both can lead to great outcomes and both are needed. So that is a very interesting perspective from a seriously huge CEO of like a gigantic (laughs) business. Yeah, that's awesome. And speaking about the coding bootcamps versus university debate that Atticus was talking about, there were quite a few articles this month looking at whether you still even need a college degree to get into a good job. Imogen, tell us about how more companies are no longer requiring college degrees. Yeah, so Upwork CEO Stefan Kazriel writes a guest post for Fortune about why Upwork no longer requires employees to have a college degree. And he's following in the footsteps of Apple and IBM. He talks about how four-year universities are failing to produce graduates who are reflective of the country's racial, social, and economic diversity because of the prohibitively high tuition costs. He says companies should consider graduates of online programs and computer programming schools like 42 School, Holburton School, and Lander School. He mentions that he is also on the board at Holburton School. So we've got perspectives from the CEO of Intuit and Upwork talking about boot camps. And then here's another one in Fortune, the CEO of IBM, Jenny Rometty, writes about why she wants Congress to reform the Higher Education Act and create a new skills paradigm of lifelong learning. She talks about how most federal education grants still focus on bachelor's degrees and people who are able to learn full time, but that the Higher Education Act needs to make all federal student loans available for career-oriented education, apart from bachelor's and other traditional education degrees. She says, quote, if a working parent wants to attend a part-time coding boot camp or cybersecurity course, they should still be able to use the need-based grant to help fund their education, end quote. That's a great piece. But then from another perspective, a real clear education guest post from Entangled Group CEO Paul Friedman looks at why higher education isn't dead yet, talking about college's ability to adapt to new market needs and how colleges are launching their own short-term intensive programs like coding boot camps. He mentions a number of universities which have launched coding boot camps, such as California Polytech State University, which is partnering with Fullstack Academy, and then universities who partner with Trilogy, such as the University of Denver, the University of Minnesota, Vanderbilt University, and the University of Wisconsin. And then Forbes contributor Mark Hall looks at five industries which are being disrupted, one of those being education, and his point is that in a world where student debt has surpassed $1.4 trillion, people don't need to be paying $100,000 for an education that gets you a $40,000 job. He says that new players in the market like Lambda School offer risk-free options to education that focus on outcomes without huge upfront investments. And of course, instead of leaning on university endowment funds and state funding and alumni donations, the educational startup 
Lambda School actually turned to venture capitalists to help it get it off the ground. His conclusion is that the model may not be ideal for all prospective students, but it does provide entry to education with much less liability, so it should be an option. And then speaking of Lambda School, income share agreements are still the flavor of the year, with more coding boot camps jumping on the bandwagon and endless news articles about their pros and cons. Liz, tell us about a few articles covering DevCode Camp's new ISA. Sure. Madison.com's opinion section focused on DevCodeCamp's new ISA. Uh, This is the first ISA to be offered to students in Wisconsin. The Hill also covered DevCodeCamp's ISA and talks about ISAs more generally. And then an inside sources opinion piece also covered DevCodeCamp's ISA. This is important because it's the first ISA in Wisconsin, but it's a pretty standard income sharing agreement. And then Yahoo Finance interviews Austin Allred about Lambda School and their income share agreement. Austin talks about scaling and why he believes Lambda School has a better business model than Mission U, which folded because Lambda School doesn't require people to move to San Francisco. He also talks about how many students they have. He says they currently have 2,000 students enrolled and 350 have graduated so far and been hired. He describes the program in comparison to a four-year degree and then explains Lambda's place in solving the student debt crisis. The majority of the student debt comes from folks who aren't able to get the job that they were somewhat promised when they attended college. If everybody got a six-figure job, there wouldn't really be a student debt crisis. And then on the other side, you know, the total cost of Lambda school caps out at $30,000. So even if you get a six-figure job, that's the most we ever take. Um, so, so we think we can bring costs down. We think we can bring the risk of the student and hold it all in the school. Um, so, so yeah, over time you just get a cheaper, more effective, more risk tolerant source of education. Okay, so that's DevCodeCamp Lambda School. And then here's one more new ISA. UCSD, UC San Diego Extension, is offering ISAs for their 9 to 12 month tech classes in digital marketing, business intelligence, front-end web design, and Java programming. That one's actually interesting because none of those like university type of boot camps that I've seen have offered ISAs. All right, so we saw a ton of other school updates in June, from new campuses to new schools and even layoffs at a big school. Imogen, which schools have new campuses? So TechCrunch profiles Holburton School's new Medellin Columbia campus, which just opened in June. And then the San Francisco Chronicle profiles the new Flatiron campus in a WeWork in San Francisco. And then Our Monitor profiles 3W Academy Maroc, a three-month coding school which was originally founded in France, but recently opened a new campus in Casablanca, Morocco. Cool. All right. So a bunch of new campuses, and then there are three new university boot camps. According to the Daily Herald, Judson University in Illinois has launched a data science boot camp, which starts in September. Business Cloud announced that Trilogy launched their first UK boot camp at the University of Birmingham. And according to Campus Technology, the University of San Diego is partnering with Thinkful to launch a full stack flex course. And talking of Thinkful, Fox 5 New York profiled Thinkful in an interview with Daryl Silver, the CEO, recently. Cool. And then University World News and the Times of India both published profiles of the founders of Pesto Tech, a startup in India which offers 
intensive 12-week coding training programs with income share agreements available for students. So there was a ton of great news in June, but the Denver Post reported also that Galvanize, which runs data science boot camps and co-working spaces and now owns Hack Reactor, laid off 27 employees, which is 7% of their workforce in June, and maybe looking to close one of its Colorado locations. And then UK coding bootcamp Makes Academy has partnered with Accenture to offer an accelerated apprenticeship program for career changes. Students would initially train with Maker's 12-week coding bootcamp, then complete the apprenticeship at Accenture offices, and would be paid from day one of the apprenticeship with no cost for the training. Wow, so many updates, and we continued to add new bootcamps to the course report directory in June. Imogen, do you want to introduce our listeners to the seven new bootcamps on course report? Sure. So Jump Training Program is a 12-week technical training bootcamp with campuses in New Jersey and Texas. Rayify Academy is an online startup bootcamp. Summer of Code is a coding bootcamp aimed at college students in San Francisco. Boolean Careers is an online web development bootcamp based in Italy. UTSA Coding Bootcamp, a trilogy bootcamp in San Antonio, Texas. All Women, a coding bootcamp for women in Barcelona, Spain, and World Quant University, which offers tuition-free data science bootcamps online. Cool. Well, welcome to all of those new schools. And let's wrap it up today by talking about our favorite pieces that we got to work on and publish on the Course Report blog this month. Imogen, what was your favorite piece to work on? Well, I loved chatting with Stacy, a student at Hackbright Academy, an all-women's boot camp. Stacy used to be a veterinarian and is now studying to become a software engineer. She shared her screen on a Google Hangout and walked me through her awesome final project, which is an app to help vets calculate drug dosages for animals. It seemed super functional and had awesome graphics, and I especially found it interesting because my sister is also a veterinarian. Maybe your sister will be using Stacy's app soon. I hope so. And you can find that interview on YouTube or on our blog. And then Liz, what was your favorite piece to work on in June? Well, I got to do a fun video interview also with three instructors from Tech Elevator, and they were all women in different cities. Katie was in Cincinnati, Beth was in Pittsburgh, and Margaret was in Detroit. And we talked about the tech scenes in their cities, their teaching styles, and why they're passionate about ushering more women into the tech space. Uh, they had great advice for just being generally successful at a boot camp too. So you can watch that video on YouTube, or you can read the full transcript on our blog. Yeah, I love that piece, Liz. That was so inspiring, those three women. They were really cool. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next month on the July Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And of course, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. We'll see you in July. Bye! We'll see you in July!